Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant and success coach, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. All right, y'all, I am here today with Gina Holmberg. Gina is the founder and owner of Within Apothecary, located in Kansas City. Within Apothecary is a thoughtfully curated beauty and wellness apothecary. And when I first stumbled upon it, I was just so excited that I could finally find these products in person. So welcome, Gina. Hi, thank you so much, Monica, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited too, because um, before we started recording, I was actually telling you how when I went to Within, I was just so excited that I didn't have to, you know, shop for these things Mm -hmm. online anymore because so much of it too, like, especially with makeup, you want to be able to touch and feel and make sure it's the right color. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, I just feel like that having that experience, that face to face and, you know, color swatches online are just they're so hard to go by with makeup, mm-hmm. even textures for skincare. It's just, it's impossible to really know. And so I wanted to bring all of those goodies um, to Kansas City in person so that my clients could come and see them for themselves, feel them for themselves, try it out. And so, yeah, I'm super excited that that um, you feel that way. Yay. Yeah. So before we dive into the apothecary, because I really want to talk about that, I want to first touch on your wellness journey and your beauty journey and really how you even got here. Yeah, it's a long one. So (laughs) I have been doing makeup for, gosh, 24 years now. And so I started um, right out of high school And I have really not stopped ever since. It's been one of those things in my life that's always been there. Even when I was pursuing something else, I would always be doing makeup on the side, whether it was a photo shoot or a wedding, just a little freelance here and there. Um, So I'm super thankful for that because it's been such an amazing career. I've met so many amazing people and got to do some really great things. Um, So my love for makeup has always always been there. My love for beauty, fashion, they all kind of fused together. So my wellness journey, I have always been super interested in health and wellness, even if I wasn't, you know, walking the walk per se, 100%. I was always super interested. Um, I would, even at a young age, I remember reading my parents like vitamin Bible and um, try to incorporate some herbs into my diet or my routine. And then it wasn't until I well, I got pregnant with my son. Um, he's nine, so like 10 ish. And started to really go down a different path with my pregnancy. I was working lives, which then opened my eyes to just um, kind of taking ownership for my pregnancy and my health. And they impart me with so much wisdom, just certain herbs that support pregnancy, ways that I could um, go into a more like holistic pregnancy and delivery, which, you know, my situation did not pan out in medicine because I need 
But it wasn't until my son was born, really, that our lives were completely turned upside down. So he had digestive um, issues, which turned into made him pretty colicky. So um, we started, I had a really rough time breastfeeding, didn't produce enough milk, which is a whole story in itself. And mm-hmm. um, was introduced to a holistic pediatrician, and I was introduced baby formula which sounded to me like the biggest thing ever um mm-hmm. kind of put that on the shelf and we needed a supplement and gave the traditional um you know commercial baby formula his body just rejected it like oh. like his stomach was like a balloon he had immediate like baby acne he was more colicky than ever and so my mom's intuition just told me to start researching homemade baby formula, and I did. And that just opened up our world to the power of nutrition and started using our local farmer not only to get his milk, but also to get all of our food. And um, that that really started the wellness journey. But it was more focused on my son. And then my daughter came uh, less than two years later. And again, it was really focused on their nutrition. I mean, even though we were eating organically, uh, my husband and I uh, really, really focused on the kids so much so that I kind of burnt out myself. So that's that's what prompted me um, to work with a naturopath for my own health issues. And so then another world was opened up to me. So there's many, many different stages this is my wellness journey in the last 10 years, but it has been like the craziest, um, I call it 10-year college. Like I'm just constantly learning and growing and evolving and super crazy passionate about it. That's amazing. And, you know, I think it's really powerful that you started this wellness journey with your kids right from the beginning. Of course, with your son, it was really out of necessity, mm-hmm. but I to get in the habit of being mindful when it comes to your wellness so early on that it's just going to be a habit for them and it's just going to be something that they know, I think that's really yeah. cool. Instead of figuring it out in their 20s when they're in college and all of a sudden something like that, right. that doesn't totally. feel so good anymore. Totally. I mean, that's the prayer is that this foundation – that we've set for them, um, that they they will choose it for themselves. We have so much open conversation with them about why we eat the way that we eat and live the way that we live. And they don't feel deprived. They don't. I mean, we have given them ample opportunity to have, you know, garbage food. <laughs> they do it and they understand it. We used the, uh, I used the yeah. example one day of explaining to my son why we per- put certain gasoline in our car, like we change oh. level to, to make the car run better. And I told him, I'm like, that's why we eat the way that we eat so that our, you know, bodies, they run better. And he got it. I and mean, he has such a science minded brain that he was just like, Oh, I get it. So. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love thinking of it that way. It's so true. So one of the things that really resonates with me about this part of your wellness journey is when I was 13, I had my gallbladder Mm. removed. 
And it's crazy early for a 13-year-old to have that happen to them. But what my experience was, they basically went in, took it out. Um, I was still feeling sick after. um, So they went in for another surgery just to see what's going on, found nothing, um, said, sorry, maybe it'll like figure itself out. And so um, my mom was, I mean, obviously like, really struggling watching me like have this stomach pain for years. And so we um, started going to acupuncture and that helped a lot, but that was kind of the extent of being a teenager in Kansas city and what even my parents kind of knew was even out there as alternatives. So when you were really going on this wellness journey for your son, did you run into anything where it was like in the Midwest, everything's just so traditional? Um, Yes and no. I really do believe that. I mean, we're so blessed this day and age with the internet. And this was 10 years ago too. This really like blogs were just beginning, um, you know, all the wellness blogs and stuff. But if you if you want the information, it's out there. So in Kansas City, for me, the the challenging things were, I mean, we were able to find our farmer. I mean, we had multiple farmers, but we right. at that time it was so obscure that we had to meet our farmer in like various nondescript locations. It was I mean, literally it felt like we were doing something illegal, which apparently but it's just so sad to me that things that were readily available to us in California were a little bit harder to find here. So yes, but um, there are amazing practitioners here. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And also nowadays with the uh, beauty of the internet, we can do remote appointments with practitioners as well. Um, we worked yeah. for several years with a holistic um, nutritionist slash health coach that did everything um, via remotely. And our current physician, he writes all of our orders for tests and we get them in the mail and we do them or we go to a local lab and we get all of our lab work done and he gets the results and he just, you know, treats us. And he lives out of state. I think that's so important to remember that, you know, you can figure it out. You can find the resources you need because I have have readers um, and listeners of this podcast who will reach out and be like, okay, like Ayurveda, that sounds so cool, but there's no way my city has that. And, you know, it's like what you said, you'd actually be surprised Mm -hmm. what your city has and the practitioners who are in your city, as well as getting on a Skype call. Like so many people do offer that now. So I think that's a really important reminder to not give up on your wellness journey just because you don't think it's accessible. It might just be a Google search. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. I always say it's one Google search away, which then turns into like a four hour binge. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that definitely is true. And don't be afraid to, you know, go to the second and third Google pages, I think, because sometimes, you know, someone might not have the best SEO and so they're not going to show up on the first page. But if you're serious about it, then... I have you know, found some of the best information in comments sections 
Yes. Oh my gosh. So true. Which again, turns into a four hour binge, (laughs) but that is, I mean, really where it's at because it's usually people that have, um, going through something, whether it's a product you're researching, they've tried it, it did work, it didn't work for them. You're getting real feedback versus a biased opinion, you know? Absolutely. So to tie wellness into beauty here, Mm -hmm. when it comes to beauty products, especially makeup, how does that tie into wellness for you? Of course, you know, like our skin is the largest organ of the body, but you're the expert in this. And I'd love to dive deeper on that. Um, Well, it, again, this part of my journey came out of necessity as well. Um, Even when I was uh, working with that holistic uh, nutritionist and we were trying to, we then kind of turned the tables and started focusing on my health and why I was kind of downward spiraling. She's, you know, she went through my diet. She went through the supplements I was taking and she was like, okay, your, your diet is like pristine. It's like textbook. Great. The supplements that you're taking are supporting you um, in these areas. Let's talk about the products that you're using, um, you know, to clean your home, to wash your hair with. And I was like, oh, I mean, okay, I'm using X, Y, and Z from Target or I'm using the big brands at the department store for makeup because that's known, you know? Yeah. She was the one that opened my opened my eyes to the toxicity in conventional products, and I literally I was dumbfounded. Not only about the chemicals that are in all of these products, but the fact that I didn't know about it—not that I should know all things, you know—but so she opened my eyes to it. I went on a research binge, and I had thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of products. Again, a lot of them were gifted to me. A lot of them I bought for myself and I threw every single one of them out. I didn't even, you know, I had friends uh, or family. Why didn't you give me that La Mer? Why didn't you give me this? And I was like, because I, there's no way in good conscience I could have given you this toxic tub of products. So threw everything out and I started over with the handful of products that I researched um, and I hadn't looked back. So yes, to, to echo what you were saying, about our skin being the largest organ, um, that's really how it ties into wellness is that we are absorbing literally from the top of our skin into our system these chemicals and it has a profound effect on our health. It's it's scary just how these chemicals can be endocrine disrupting, um, you know, neurologically disrupting, um, even just certain sense can cause people to be nauseous and get headaches and it's it's amazing even just even even if you're not putting something on your skin the scent this inhalation of these chemicals it's just it's awful so i love what is happening in the world of beauty and how it is really wellness has become so holistic is beauty products it is food it is herbs supplements um whatnot it's it's all part of the the puzzle yeah. yeah, I think that's so fascinating because, again, no. you know, it's easy for us to fathom eat a, eating a salad, eating greens, um, eating the right amounts of protein. But at the same time, it's like, who knows what we're putting on our face? And I mean, I know for me, the first time I checked the ingredients on makeup was maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty mind blowing, like you said, and especially the shampoo and body wash, because that's actually a new thing for me is that 
I've been more conscious about the makeup that I use, but then I didn't even think about it with body wash and shampoo, but it makes sense. It's the same concept. It is. It is. One of the scariest things that I've read in the last few years is even just, um, you know, your conventional everyday chemically based sunscreens and how we just lather ourselves in them. And then we go into the heat and so we're baking these chemicals into our body, right? Oh my gosh, that is yeah. like an issue in itself. But then there it lies the issue of um, it, these chemicals are going into our oceans and they're disrupting marine life. They've done like a lot of research as far as what's happening to, you know, the animals and the coral reefs are dying off. And, you know, where the, where the surfing community is really large, I think it was like, enough. wow. So for someone who isn't quite familiar yet with the wellness products or the beauty products that are clean that they like, just starting with realizing what to look out for in the products that they have at home. So what's something that they should check in their the shampoo that you're, you're using, for example? Well, in shampoo, it's definitely going to be like a sodium lauryl sulfate, which is a foaming agent. Um, so you want to look out for that. Um, you want to look out for fragrance. Fragrance is such, if you see fragrance listed on a product, you just, just put it back on the shelf. It's and what happens with fragrance is they don't have to disclose. I think it's up to like 50 subchemicals that are under fragrance. They can literally just put the word fragrance and not tell you what exactly is listed in there. Uh, oh. I know it's really frightening. Um, so you don't want your shampoo or your cleansers to suds. You don't want any foaming agents. A really, really great place to if you have a product or even an ingredient that you're like, I don't even know what that is, which is generally, not all the time, but generally a good indication that you don't want to use the product if you can't pronounce it. Um, mm-hmm. Working group, ewg.com, they have a database. You can plug any product um, or ingredient in there and it will give you a rating of highest toxicity to lowest toxicity. So that is something if you're at the store, you can just pull that app up phone and let that help you uh, determine whether or not that product is safe for you or your family. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. That's super helpful. Would you say that places like Target, you know, where you kind of just, you're just popping in to grab something because you're in a Mm -hmm. hurry, are those places starting to carry clean products or is it going to be like a longer journey to just be able to pop into a Target or CVS? So there is a lot of um, the term out there is greenwashing uh, going on where a product will say natural or it'll have a green typeface or there'll be a picture of a leaf on there where, uh, you know, your everyday consumer that doesn't know, like I was before I was on this wellness journey uh, with my products, I would blindly trust the companies and I'd be like, oh, that's natural or that doesn't have uh, triclosan in it, you know, but it has a slew of other things. Um, I would just all pray to that and I would pick it up. So I think that there still is quite a bit of greenwashing going on. However, there are some major uh, non-toxic brands that are being carried, not in every Target, unfortunately, but I know some Targets carry like Say Yes to Carrots, which is a, a cleaner brand. Um, some well pe- well people products are carried in 
Target, which is an amazing Austin-based um, cosmetic company. And then I think SW Basics is in most of them. So there are some options for sure. You do have to fine tooth comb some of these right. you know, products. I think Dr. Bronner's is carried in Target. So there, there are options. Um, you know, I still feel like people should try before they buy. And most of my mm-hmm. who are trying to transition their makeup, we, I always set up a uh, consultation with them so I can sit them down and do the makeup so they can feel it on their face. Because even Target, even if they do have testers, you're feeling it on the back of your hand. You're not seeing face reacts or doesn't react to it. You're not feeling if it's hydrating enough for your skin. So um, it, you don't get that customer service at those bigger stores. But yes, if you're in a and you want a Burt's Bees lip gloss, you can definitely pick that up at Target. Yeah. So I think it's good. To, like it starts with foundation of knowledge and learning what to look for and then you can kind of go from there and then it gets easier from there so like you said like having a consultation with you where you really work through it I think that's so important when starting out and I mean I'm ready to to book an appointment oh, good. with you I would love that. <laughs> yeah it would be so really? much fun and you know it's so true about even feeling it on your face and especially like the higher end products rms beauty that was something that i heard a lot about and was really excited to try it but of course you know word of mouth is only so much and when i actually put it on my face i used the mm. highlighter and i was like oh my gosh this really doesn't feel like i'm putting like something plasticky on my face so like it yes. just feels yes. nice and good yeah and subtle because I'm I don't wear a ton of makeup but obviously I like to like look fresh and awake so I was is that brand for me is one of my my gosh it is it was the one I started off with when I threw everything I literally bought a handful of RMS and I to this day still use those products I mean not the not the original ones I bought but I still (laughs) and I carry it at my shop and I Rosemary Swift the founder of the line I have a very, very similar story. I mean, we were both makeup artists for a really long time and that industry contributed to a lot of our symptoms. And, you know, she started a makeup line and I got sick and I started a, a shop. So I yeah. adore her and what she has done for the beauty industry. And um, that line, it's amazing. I had a, a client who brought me this in San Francisco and um, we didn't do any skincare on her. She only wanted to start by, you know, throwing away her old makeup and using, you know, clean beauty, clean makeup products. She was suffering from a little bit of uh, of acne and I put her in all our mess and she wrote back in a week. She texted me and she said that her skin had changed entirely just using her makeup. It's amazing. It's amazing. Not everybody, depending on what's going on inside the body, is going to have found of results but it's in this world of of makeup the, the the clean beauty products it is like skincare with minerals in it so you're getting benefits you're getting um it's feeding your face it's feeding your skin it's nourishing your skin um so yeah i'm so glad you love rms because I, I do too yeah do any of your clients at first have resistance to 
making this switch over to these type of quality so products? So I would say um, the biggest resistance is more about how they perform. I have a lot of diehard. Um, sh- can I use name brands on here? Can I talk about name? Okay, I have like diehard and diehard La Mer, La Prairie, and I get it. I used to use them too, and yeah, they're, they're effective, but at what cost? You know. So I think once, and that is another reason why I opened my store is to educate. I do not care if you walk away with the product or not. I would rather you walk away with some information because nine times out of 10 that you're going to sit with that information, it's going to resonate with you and someday it's going to click and maybe you'll read another article or something that talks about lead and lipstick or parabens and a moisturizer and you remember our conversation and then you'll come back, you know? Rather that person just walk away with a conversation than a lipstick or a moisturizer that she felt like she should buy versus she wanted to buy. So that that typically is is the resistance. Or a lot of the brands that I carry are super um, obscure and you don't see them everywhere, which is awesome to me. But sometimes takes a little convincing to a customer that is a little bit more um, mainstream. Yeah, that makes sense. Because again, like I think the beauty industry has that tendency to, you know, have the cult following yes. for the products. So it's interesting to see how that transitions once someone is more invested in, you know, yeah. the long term. I also have the effects. vantage point that my store is located inside an incredible women's boutique called Mindful yes. that carries independent, very like, I, I don't want to obscure for the sake of just, you know, but you can't find them everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, designer. So the customer yeah. is a little bit more savvy. And um, so that, that does, that does help. Yeah, that's so true. So beyond makeup, I want to kind of talk about a few different, um, you know, beauty products that are kind of on trend right now and just get your thoughts and perspective on it. And the first one is natural deodorant. Um, I've noticed almost all of my friends have now trans- transitioned over to natural deodorant, which is funny because our boyfriends and husbands are like, what are you doing? <laughs> Wait, are you saying that because they notice a difference? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think in the, the first week yes. or two. <laughs> but after that, like now my boyfriend's like, okay, Monica, like, you're good. But at first he was like, this is really confusing to me right now. <laughs> He's getting to know a different side of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah. So natural deodorant, why is it important? And what, so one of my favorite, I tried a few and my favorite one was actually the one I picked up at within. Okay. Um, and so let's start with why it's important to make that so, switch over. A few reasons. One is the antiperspirant factor that is in um, conventional deodorant. Not only does that typically contain aluminum, which is a heavy metal that is super toxic to our bodies. Um, I think it was, I'm not, I don't know the exact percentage, but it was a high percentage, like 60-ish percent of breast tumors all contain aluminum in them, which is frightening. So not only is the aluminum frightening, but what is also frightening is that it 
stops you from sweating. That's what antiperspirant does. And so it's literally, I mean, I get this visual of like clogged sweat glands in our arm, which it's terrible. I mean, our lymphatic system, all of that stuff just gets kind of uh, stopped, which is, it's not good. It's a, sweat is a detoxification pathway. And so if we're blocking that, there's just a buildup and it is not good. Um, another ingredient typically found in conventional mainstream deodorants um, is again, fragrance, which is a mask for God knows what. Um, so a natural deodorant is the way to go. There are some that are more effective than others. And there is truth to, there's this terminology out there called the deodorant detox uh, phase. So when you switch over to a natural deodorant, it takes your body a little while to get adjusted. So maybe you want to do that in July or August. In the um, but I have found I've been using them for, I mean, that was part of when I threw everything out. I started over. Um, so I've been using them for the last like six or seven years. I cycle through them. So maybe I'm using one um, for a couple months until I run out and then I do another one and then I go back. So I flip flop and I feel like that your body doesn't get used to, to one. But we, have, well, we have a natural deodorant graveyard in our home of one just did not cut it for us. And a lot of those were recommendations that, you know, they worked for other people. So it is trial and error, but there are some amazing ones out there. Yeah, definitely. I I tried a few and I found what I like, but I, I think that's really interesting what you said about keeping them in rotation. So that's really cool. So what about toothpaste? Um, so we don't use toothpaste with fluoride and we don't use toothpaste with um, any of the gums. Like sometimes you find xanthan gum in there. Carrageenan is in a ton of natural, quote unquote, green toothpaste. And carrageenan is um, super disruptive to the digestive system. And it's in a ton of children's natural toothpaste. And I don't know about everybody else's kids out there, but my kids, especially my daughter, has a really difficult time spitting when she in her teeth. So she's swallowing that. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, toothpaste is another one to watch out for, for sure. Yeah, that's really interesting because, again, it's like some of these things that are just pure habit that we don't even think about, like the deodorant yes. and the toothpaste. It's just – we've been doing it our whole lives. So we just go through the motions and we probably are buying the same exact brand that we, oh like our God. parents bought us yes. when we first started using it, you know, it's yes. just something. Or you're you just using the toothpaste that's recommended and comes in the little free baggie. Uh, for a dentist, yeah. it literally fluoride will like calcify your pineal gland and it's, it's just not good. It's not good. It's, you know, it's, it's sad that we're, told that certain things are good for us. And I feel like even a lot of these dentists, they were just told this in dental school. And so, you know, they just pass on that information. So I'm here to pass on the information that there are better alternatives. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so the next one is herbs and adaptogens. Yes. Love them. Love all of them. Me too. <laughs> um, yeah, I discovered adaptogens, oh gosh, I don't know, a few years back. Um, I was having major fatigue 
kind of chronic fatigue um, before I really started detoxing. And so I started with ashwagandha, which is super supportive for um, just the hormonal system as well as the adrenals. And the, you know, I had a profound effect with ashwagandha. I noticed that I was a lot less stressed. I was more even keel, and it happened just in a couple of days. Whereas some people need to be like, you know, a week or two to notice the difference. Um, but herbs are herbs and adaptogens are magical. I um I make a um, infusion every couple of days with herbs that support um gosh, anything from your, you know, va- vanity-wise, your hair, your skin, your nails, but also like our super, super rich minerals. Um, so mineral deficient. It doesn't matter like how clean we eat. I eat super clean. Our soil is so mineral deficient. So our food is more mineral deficient. So the uh, drinking these herbs, it's like, it literally is like an infusion into your body. And I noticed a huge difference. Um, even just out in my hair, my skin, my nails, just by, by um, and adaptogens. Yeah, I love that. And that's a really important point about the soil and just how that does affect the nutrients in the food. And then that affects the nutrients that we're even consuming. So that's an important reminder, I think, too. I love that. So when you do your tonic or and you um, drink these herbs, do you do hot, put them in hot water? Mm-hmm. Do you add them in milk? What do you so do? So with my infusions, I um, I make a batch every other day because you want to drink them within 36 hours. And so I make one of those giant, um, large, oh gosh, I don't know how many ounces are in there, but um, I think it's like a six, eight cup uh, heat resistant mason jar. And I will take like four heaping tablespoons of raspberry leaf, uh, four heaping tablespoons of nettle, or I'll also use chickweed. I just kind of alternate them. And um, I'll add a tablespoon of seaweed and then a couple tablespoons of rosehip seeds, or um, sometimes I use goji berries. And um, and anybody if, can reach out to me and I can give them specifics. Um, but I boil uh, water and I fill the mason jar to the top of boiling water and then I just lid on it and I let it sleep for four hours and then I strain the herbs and then put the infusion in my fridge and I pretty much just drink that um I drink um like 30 well half you know so it's like 30 some ounces um a day of that oh wow yeah okay that's awesome yeah I so I recently went off birth control for the first time in um, oh, half wow. my life. Yeah. I did the math and I've literally been on birth control wow. half my life, which was like, a, I think that was the biggest like, whoa yeah. moment was like half my life. That means I literally don't know what my, how my body even acts when it's on a period mm-hmm. or anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, like I don't even know if I get bad yeah. cramps. Um, but I think that you know, I'm really looking into these adaptogens and herbs to kind of help me on this transition of moving off the birth control because I know my body's going to be detoxing. Yeah. I it, the hormones are going to be shifting. Yeah. So I think that's going to be one of my go tos to really get into a daily. Oh habit yeah, you just definitely look in a raspberry leaf. Um, and then at some point when you're feeling like you've detoxed from 
the the pill, um, I would highly recommend getting a comprehensive hormone panel done. That way you can really mm. what's going on with your body. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. It's super interesting. And I was so scared to go into my yearly exam and tell my doctor that I didn't want to be on it anymore because I thought she was going to like drill me and be like, this is all the reasons why you shouldn't. And she was just like, all right, makes sense. Um, It might take a year for you to adjust since you've been on it for so long. (laughs) But yeah, but I think I was so, I had this story in my head that it was just going to be this thing where like I had to defend myself and blah, blah, blah. And it really was as easy as just going in and being like, I want to get to know my body. Well, that's great. I mean, that kudos to your doctor, because I can't tell you how many times I've felt like shamed by, you know, a Western med doctor when they hear that I'm buying milk on the corner for my son. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Okay. And so the last one that I wanted to get your thoughts on are the flower remedies. So for example, I picked up one of the Alexa Mm -hmm. Smart um, remedies at your shop. And I thought that was so cool. And I spent like an afternoon, like learning more about her. She's awesome. I love her so much. Yeah. So we, um, as a family, were introduced to flower remedies back when I was using that holistic um, wellness coach, if you will. Uh, my daughter was suffering from very severe, debilitating anxiety. And while we were personally, my, um, my doctor was the one that suggested the Bach flower remedies. So Dr. Bach founded them in the 1930s. Um, he was your typical kind of more Western-ish doctor. Um, but super open-minded and discovered the healing power of these flowers. So while herbs and um, adaptogens really work on a like physical-ish level, the flowers work on an emotional level. Um, yeah, it's, it's oh. really cool. So you can, like when I first, um, I'm jumping ahead, but when I first started my Alexa Smart Flower Remedy, I took um, Unburden, and Unburden is really for somebody who says yes to everything, who takes on too much. And so because I'm wired that way, I will then have physical symptoms, you know, whether it's like a heart palpitation or um, typically it's a migraine for me. So the flower remedies then, even though it's working on an emotional level, you will still see or feel a physical benefit. Does that make sense? So... So the Bach flower remedies that we started on my daughter, it was the rescue remedy, which is one that um, an Alexa's version of that is called first aid kit. And that is the only remedy acutely. So if you, you know, get in a fight with your loved one or get in a fender bender or get a really, you know, a terrible news from a phone call or email and you feel that immediate jolt emotionally or physically, you can take the remedy or the first aid kit. Um, and it's an internal thing. It's for tongue, and you will feel an immediate calm and peace. Um, but the rest of them typically work on a cumulative level. So my daughter, um, and they get really specific, these flower remedies, Bach um, 37, I think, and Alexis has, oh gosh, I don't know how many total, maybe like 30, 25, 30. And so um, 
not, it's not like, oh, I'm feeling shy. It's like, I feel shy in public places or I feel shy, you know, X, Y, and Z. They get really, really specific um, to what's going on with you emotionally. And we noticed a huge difference with our daughter. I mean, they were so supportive. And again, part of that puzzle that she needed. I am a firm believer. Um, and the Alexa Smart Flower Remedy, she trained under Dr. Bob. And remedies are based on his remedies, but a little more elevated, if that makes sense. Right. Wow, that's so cool. And so when you choose products to carry in your shop, is it mostly based on your experience with them? Um, generally, yes. I, I mean, I don't bring anything into the shop that I haven't used myself. So, yeah, no, I, yeah, I refuse to do that. I just think, why, I mean, why? I have to, I'm the worst. I've been in sales since I was 14. I had my first sales job. I am the worst sales person because I am. I just, <laughs> I'm terrible because I, that's why I have to love it. I have to believe in it or else I'm not going to shop just because it might be mm-hmm. the coolest new product. Um, so usually if if I haven't had a lot of familiarity with the line or I've just researched it, I will reach out to the the vendor and ask, um, you know, like, hey, can I try a sample of X, Y, and Z? And so then I'll sit with the product for a little while and then either I fall in love with it or I don't. Wow. That's really powerful. And I think it makes you so much more trustworthy too. I think we're living in an era where people want to try something that they know the other person has experienced and they're not just pushing something for the sake of pushing it, which, you know, sometimes you get that feeling if you, even if you're at a high end department store, there's always that weird feeling where like they're pushing a product and you're like, do they even use this? Yeah. Oh they're God. saying it's the best thing ever. <laughs> I, that's, I mean, that was me. I worked in high-end department stores and I cannot even tell you, I mean, there's so much behind the scenes. It's like you have X goal to make today, sell seven of these face creams. If you sell 10, then you win this big box of product. <laughs> we have way too much overstock and this disgusting yellow eyeshadow. So can you sell the, I mean, it's just, it's terrible. Terrible. And that's what I say when I'm the worst salesperson because I'm <laughs> against the grain and not not do those things. Right. My first. Uh, so when I worked in corporate, I worked for. I was an assistant buyer at Neiman Marcus, and when I was um, in the executive development program doing the rounds, I was assigned to the Houston um, Galleria store in their beauty department, mm-hmm. and that was mind blowing. Like because I had worked in retail before but always in clothes and the level of just like I guess like the challenges that you have in terms of like sales goals and things like that is just so much more specific and intense in beauty that I was like this my shopping experience now makes so much sense when I buy makeup (laughs) yeah totally yeah, I, I mean, I think also it's just the market is so oversaturated too. It's like there's just too many options. And so everybody's just fighting to, you know, to sell product. It's, it's Yeah, and I think that that was one of the things that I noticed when I was browsing within is that it just felt so curated and on purpose that it didn't feel like I was being overwhelmed with all the different options. It just felt like everything there was there on purpose. 
Well, that I love hearing that. That's lovely. Yeah. Thank you. And again, that's how like I need a shop now. I can't. I get so overwhelmed when I'm just seeing like all these things. And even that's why I was so excited to see this these products in person because even online, you know, even if I'm on a a store where they really do focus on selling clean products. It's just still, there's so many options. So when you just kind of have the there ones are. that you know are curated in front of you, I think that makes it much more fun and less overwhelming, especially making the transition over to new products that you've never tried before. Definitely. Yeah. I wanted there to be options for everyone, um, whether that's skin type or budget, but I didn't want there to be too many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I mean, seriously, I love I love it. I was so excited about it. And it was before I launched my podcast that I was in there. And then when I was, I was like, oh my gosh, if I do this podcast, I need to have the owner of this on. So, oh, yeah. I'm flat. I'm so glad that you. <laughs> yeah. Out. So I ask my guests two questions at the very end. And the first one is what is your favorite lifestyle hack? So that can be wellness related, beauty, mm-hmm. anything. I have, I have two that came to mind and one is one that I had adopted like 10 ish years ago. Um, when we started going down the nutrition path of everything and cooking everything from scratch, I mean, everything. (laughs) And so that hack is I cook in bulk. I make, yeah. So even to this day, like when I make dinner, I will make Um, you know, instead of like two heads of broccoli, I'll make four or five. And that way we have, you know, broccoli for lunches the next day or salmon to eat the next day. And some of this stuff I freeze. So I'll make just giant, giant pots of soup (laughs) enough for like the whole neighborhood, (laughs) but then I'll, so that's been a huge, huge help. And then the other one is something we started practicing just last year, which is uh, turning our Wi-Fi off at night. Oh, before. Yes. So um, a big uh, chunk of my life lately has been reading about the dangers of EMFs, mm-hmm. uh, their magnetic frequencies, and just how toxic they are, not only um, to our bodies, but also to the environment. And so we... I read an article about turning it off at night. It's like, if you're not using it, why would you leave it on? Mm-hmm. Um, and so turn it off at night. And I'll tell you the week that we started turning it off, my sleep became so much deeper and I started having um, dream recall again. Oh my gosh. I know. That's it's crazy. Fascinating. And I, oh my gosh, I, I want to implement that. My boyfriend has trouble sleeping um, and so we're always kind of like trying to try something different, switch it up just so he can get some good sleep because he's a consultant. So he's on the road a lot. So oh when gosh, he is yeah. at home, it's like, okay, how can you get the best sleep possible? And I think so, that I'm yeah, going to tell turning, him about that. Turning that off at night and also um, trying, I know it's so impossible, but to be off any sort of devices two hours, at least one hour before bed. Um, and if you are on a device to make sure your screen is filtered, so you're filtering out that blue, there are many different ways you can do that, whether it's downloading an app to filter your screen, or if you have an iPhone, you just go to your um, display settings, you go to brightness, whatever that is, and then 
So all of our devices are on a timer. And when the sun goes down, our screens change. Um, because the blue light sucks the melatonin out of not only our eyes, but also our skin. Oh. And it's super helpful. Um, and then keeping your phone in the other room. Wow. I love that. There's hacks there for you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Those are amazing and easy to implement at the end of the day. It's just a matter of remembering, I guess is the hardest part. Well, put it on the timer. timer. Exactly. And then you don't even have to remember it's done. Um, and then the last question is what is your current morning routine? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's so funny. I used to be a slave to my routine. Um, and now every day is different. It really is. I mean, I do a lot of freelance outside of um, owning within, um, but I definitely, um, I oil pull every morning. I have this like oral routine that I do. So I oil pull and I tongue scrape. Um, I, um, I do a little bit of prayer and I make my tonic and um, those are pretty non-negotiables to me. And then some form of exercise, which now that the weather's a little bit nicer, will just be a walk. I'm trying to get more sun. Um, but I'm also a huge, huge fan of the rebounder. It's so good. So um, I would say that those are some non-negotiables in the in the morning. I love it. Oh my gosh. This was a bit, this was so much fun. I am n- nerding out about everything that we talked about. <laughs> And yeah, and I'm so excited to also share with my friends who are like, they'll send me a message. They're like, oh, I saw you using this toothpaste. Why are you doing it? And all I really know is like, because the other one was bad. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, well, that's why you like, are. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, even being able to share this with them, and that was really the intention of this podcast is I meet so many amazing women and entrepreneurs, and I'm always just like, oh, I want to share these amazing conversations that I have. So, Well, I'm glad that you do. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free tips and trainings, head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.